From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up for Labor Day, September 7th, 2020. We are joined by Danny Flecka, um, who has been on the road this last uh, couple days and uh, joins us now. Good morning, Danny. How are you doing? I am well. Um, and your travels from Massachusetts to Virginia, um, did you sense a palpable excitement for the NFL? Could you sense it from inside of a car on, on I-95? I, I could not. I think it's, um, it's been weird the last couple of days. Obviously, the, this weekend's a big weekend for the NFL teams with cut days, you know, reorganizing the rosters, um, and, you know, fantasy drafts, and, you know, the opening kickoff is, what, 96 hours away, 72 hours away, whatever that math is right now. Um, and it just feels different, right? It's just going to feel different for the entire year, I think. Um, it, I, I have to wrap my head around, too, some of the moves teams have made. Because obviously the practice, practice squad isn't necessarily the traditional practice squad this year. So um, I guess the excitement will kick in, I think, for me at least. Maybe on Thursday when I sit down with a beer to watch the game um, and see... You know, Pat Mahomes out there dueling it out with, with Watson. I think that's maybe when I'll get the excitement uh, and the juices flowing. But for right now, it's been tough because we haven't had any anything leading up to this, right? No preseason, no nothing like that. Coverage has been weird. So we'll, we'll see what happens on Thursday. It is. And uh, even odder uh, is it's 94 today in Denver. They are expecting a snowstorm that could uh, uh, put uh, a foot of snow on the ground on Tuesday. Happy twenty twenty. I, I was like, you, I was like, that can't be true. That must be fake. But no, that but, that was the verified Adam Schefter account. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this year, I mean, are we surprised? Uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's just such a weird dynamic this year in every sense of the word. Not only from a social aspect. But from a, a global aspect and a weather aspect, you know, the last month and a half we've had some crazy weather all over the country. Let's go through something here because you're you're somebody that has a little bit of experience with this. You played high school lacrosse. You were successful at that. You you play flag flag football and soccer. You are a devoted athlete on those two fronts. Um, when you look at rec flag football and rec soccer, how many people in those leagues have their significant others with them or a friend show up? What kind of a, a crowd do you usually have for those games? I, at this point in my life, a lot of it's based off of friend groups and social groups that you have, you know, significant others, girlfriend, boyfriends, whatever it is. They, they tend to play too. I think you can't, you know, you want to do an activity you like with the people you like doing them with. So a lot of it's hanging out with friends. Obviously, if you're new in an area or a town or you just want to get back out there and don't have, like, that solid base that wants to play, you have to go out and and be on your own and make new friends and, and join teams that you probably don't know people on. Um, but 
Yeah, at this point in our lives when we do these things, they're usually tend to be based off your social network that you have. So how many usual people in a crowd do you have? You know, on, uh, on a soccer field, it could be 22 if you play 11 v 11. If you play uh, on a smaller field, it's uh, 14, 7 v 7. And on a football field, you know, I think the max that the black football comes out at is uh, 7 v 7. So you have 14 on there as well. So um, that's really the max that you have on the field at any given point in time. And then when you played high school lacrosse and you played at a high level, New Jersey is a very good lacrosse state um, and has increased that way every year. How many fans would you have for your games? I mean, it's high school sports. Uh, I mean, on any given day, if it was an afternoon game, you know, somewhere between maybe like 100 and 150, most of them parents. Um, if it was a night game, uh, somewhere close to maybe like 400, 500, depending on the team that we were playing um, and the day of the week it was, so somewhere around there. So what NFL Films has done is they have created a soundtrack for all 32 teams that have some of their classic chants, the classic boos, the J-E-T-S for the Jets, they've got... Um, the right reactions for the right moments to try to give it a stadium as, um, a stadium atmosphere. Many of these teams have never played. Never, sorry, many of these players have never played in front of no crowds. Many of these teams are used to having, think of Arrowhead, think of the Seahawks, think of Lambeau, these intense, intense atmospheres. And whether you have live fans or you don't have live fans, it's going to be a way different experience this year for these players. As somebody who plays competitive sports, as somebody who prides yourself on being a quarterback in flag football with a playbook, and look, flag football is not the NFL. I'm not trying to make a, a comparison here. But how do you think this is going to be for these guys? I, I, mean, I think I look at what we've seen already happen, you know, I, I I think as an athlete, it, at the end of the day, when you're in the NFL, NBA, NHL, Premier League, whatever soccer league or whatever it is, baseball, you're, you're, it's your job, it's your occupation. Are the crowds part of that experience of playing professional sports? Absolutely. But we have to understand the circumstances that we're in right now, and that is that we can't have that full experience. Some of these stadiums are going to have fans in them, and I think a lot of these teams that aren't starting with fans are going to see how that works out. I think, you know, from a government standpoint, you know, I know I would be trying everything in my power to try to make that experience as pos as, as realistic as possible um, for this year. Now, if we get there in these states that don't allow the fans, I don't know. I hope that these teams are going to monitor how, you know, the Kansas City game goes on on Thursday. You know, there's, you know, we know Jacksonville's allowing fans to the stadium. We know Dallas is allowing fans to the stadium. And I think we're going to see how how those teams match up with, you know, their safety protocols, with their fan experience, with, you know, their contact tracing, and, you know, if anything negative comes out of there. And then from there, reevaluate. But from a player perspective, it, 
it's your job, right? And unfortunately this year your job is to go out and play in a very not normal situation. And, uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast on my way down yesterday. I think it was Tredavious White and Josh Allen. They were on with part of my take. And, and Tredavious White had a, had a nice, uh, nice quote that I think is going to be interesting to see, you know, how it goes with this year. And he's like, we're really going to see what players love the game and love their profession and love what they do because the internal motivation has to be at an all-time high for these players this year because they're not going to be able to feed off any extra, you know, energy on the field this year like they would normally. So it's going to be interesting. I think the first couple of weeks are going to be odd, but I think from a fan perspective and a viewing perspective, we'll get used to it. And, you know, hopefully as the year goes on and the season goes on, we have the opportunity to see more and more fans go into the stadium and a safe atmosphere that allows you know, both the fans and the players to have that type of experience on Sunday that we're all used to. Danny uh, Fluck is with us here on, on Teeing It Up. Um, it, it will be fascinating. Now, what's also fascinating is what the Philadelphia Eagles did and what the Jets are going to do. Um, the Eagles signed Josh McCown to the practice squad. He is going to be their quarantine quarterback, their emergency quarterback, live in Texas, make $12,000 a week, and his job as a 41-year-old is to stay ready, and if a COVID outbreak happens in their quarterback room, he can come in and play. The Jets are going to keep five quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, James Morgan, um, David Fales, um, uh, and I had the fifth name in it, just escaped me, Mike White, and same concept. One of them is going to be a quarantine quarterback who is going to join meetings virtually and not be at the facility and have the ability to show up on a game day if a COVID outbreak comes in the quarterback room. This is a fascinating next step and a next evolution in what the NFL does during this quarterback, sorry, during this COVID-19 pandemic atmosphere. We've seen with baseball, the quote alternative site, which for many teams is their AAA affiliate, where they have the rest of their roster sitting there ready, not only to help out when injuries strike, but also to be there when rosters get depleted because of COVID and contact tracing. What's your thoughts on what those two teams have done and, and, and the overall uh, structure of the NFL on cut day and if some of that may have been COVID-related? Yeah, the roster construction this year is definitely different than what we're used to. I, I think, you know, it's in the best interest of the teams to prepare for any possible type of situation. Um, you know, does that mean at the end of the day that maybe that the players you're throwing out there are are less capable of the players you originally would have on a 53-man roster? Most likely, you know. And, and you know, I saw in a report earlier that, you know, Roger Goodell was, was asked about the competitive inequity possible this year. And, you know, that's just, a, a, that's just you know, part of the equation that we're seeing in sports that, you know, these things are going to happen, you know, and baseball has been one that's been suffer, that suffered tremendously through it. They have more flexibility than a lot of other sports, given the way their schedule is constructed. 
and the nature of the sport in general allows you to play two games two games in a day and make up games the way that they are allowed to make up games. Football is in a much different situation, you know. So it just puts a lot of responsibility on the players to be, you know, aware of their surroundings and their situation. You know, I was reading a report earlier today. Um, you know, they, they have some European soccer going on this weekend. Two England English players were um, sent home today because they broke quarantine rules in the country that they were in, bringing home two girls to their hotel um, and, and just being irresponsible. And, and we're going to have to see how these players respond to, again, a situation that's not like you know it was last year or the year before or has ever been. You have to understand that your responsibility this year is to solely focus on the task at hand, and that is to, to play your sport. Stuff that are benefits that you get from playing that sport being final to, to different functions and events is just not a possibility this year. It will be again at some point in time. It, it stinks. I get it, especially for athletes where their shelf life is so short, especially in football. But it's just a sacrifice that has to be made this year because there's just too many variables out there right now, and you just don't know what other people that you are surrounding yourself uh, are doing. So I think it's, it's prudent for the team to do that, but they also probably are telling their players, you know, every single day, be smart, don't do this, don't do that, don't put yourself in a situation where we have to make these decisions surrounding your availability. Danny Fleck is with us on Teeing Up. So with all that being said, what surprised you about Cut Down Day? I, I think just the amount of cuts that were made, uh, the, the reporting that was maybe a little bit inaccurate on some of the cuts that were made, um, and then again, these players that were, were cut, you know, moving to the practice squad, some bigger names that maybe would never be on a practice squad. Um, you know, I can't remember all the names off the top of my head. There were so many transactions made yesterday. Um, but again, I think, you know, what we saw were that players needed to make sure that their camp was as strong as possible because there was going to be no film on them at all this year. So a lot of the players that were cut just revert, reverted to, you know, their, their team's practice squad. Um, and then, you know, we go from there. But I think an interesting move was, you know, not to say that he's a big, big-time player anymore, but, like, you know, Adrian Peterson got cut. And then goes to Detroit, and a very interesting move, you know, for both the team and for him. So, you know, Washington it really doesn't have, I don't think, any like top tier running backs on their roster right now. That team is going to be, I think, kind of a mess this year in general, given everything else that's going on. But that move surprised me a bit, considering, um, you know, what what they have currently constructed on their roster for that position. But it's. I think we're going to see a lot of that this year, especially on the vet, you know, for veteran players. You know, their the rosters and the salaries and everything else like that that become guaranteed. Teams are going to try to stay financial, financially flexible to make sure that if the cap goes down next year, they aren't saddled with a bad contract. I I haven't asked you a fun random question in a long time, but I I, I just thought of one, and and I I'm going to ask it because it's perfect. We are about to enter a season where come Sunday we're going to see WFT participating, the Washington football team. You, being a soccer fan, are so used to blank blank FC or blank blank SC for soccer club or football club. Would you keep 
FT football team is the name for the Washington NFL franchise going forward? Absolutely not. They have to brand themselves in a different way. And um, I was listening to part of my take a couple of weeks ago where they had the new football president on for the Washington Redskins. I can't remember his name. Um, and he was very adamant about them properly doing a search to make sure their branding is, is, is accurate, that their branding reflects the community and their mission moving forward. Um, but I think that team in general has a lot of other stuff going on right now that for right now, Washington football team will suffice while they get everything else situated that they have going on internally. Um, and I, I think it's not a bad name, but I, I, I do think that you've got a situation. Jason Wright is that president. Um, that, uh, so that's who you were trying to think of. Um, I do think that we're in a situation here where the, you may, um, I, it's not a bad name, but I, if, if you believe in rebrandings and if you believe in the positives of rebranding, there definitely is something to be said for what those guys are trying to do and what uh, that franchise is trying to do, turning over a new leaf um, in Washington, D.C. Danny Fleck is with us on Teeing It Up. Um, was there anything I was going to say about cut down day? Oh, yes, I was, I was going to say one thing about Josh Rosen and then move on to another sport. What a bizarre ride this has been for Josh Rosen so far. Um, I just don't even know what to say besides, is he a draft bust or is this just a case of it just did not work out? I think it's a combination of both. Um, you know, his first year in Arizona wasn't really a great situation for him. Uh, you know, poor coaching staff, poor players, you know, poor offensive line. Um, then he moves to another situation in Miami where, you know, at the beginning of that year they were, you know, very much in, uh, in transition, um, figured their stuff out later in the year, but, you know, obviously it was too late for him. I just think, you know, the, the guy had to be in the right spot, um, and because of that, his stock has dipped, and he doesn't have that opportunity, I think, that would be awarded to him, you know, if he was a rookie or if he was, you know, drafted this year. So I think it, it's a combination of both, and I think, unfortunately for him, a lot of things have to go right for him to be that person that's going to, you know, lead your team. You know, it's definitely not going to be this year. We'll see what happens with his career moving forward. But, you know, it, it stinks to see that happen to players. But, unfortunately, um, it happens in a lot of other areas in life, right? Situations matter and timing matters. And his timing and his situations just haven't been advantageous for him. Um, just a quick thought on college football. How are you going to view this season as some of these major conferences start up in the next two weeks? You know, I, I think it's still a wait-and-see game. Uh, I know that there were some reports over the weekend that, you know, Auburn was facing some issues with their team um, and the availability of those players. Yep, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee was going to have a uh, scheduled scrimmage they had to cancel because of the availability of their players. Um, you know, the Big 12 came out with, like, rules that they have regarding game day rosters um, and how that's going to be set up. So... Uh, like any situation I think we're finding ourselves in right now is that it's fluid 
I know there's a lot of responsibility on, on coaching staff and on, on athletes in general to be smart. And again, not put yourself in those situations where, you know, come game day or come Friday, um, you find yourself as a team down 30 players because that's obviously not going to be a good situation. So it's definitely one to monitor. We'll see what happens. You know, this week we get some of the bigger programs starting on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, in a couple of weeks of the SEC, and I, I think we're still waiting to see what the Big Ten, Big Ten does. You know, for their season, I haven't seen anything new really come out on them. Um, but it's going to be, I think every week going to be a new saga. It's like, it's, it's, you know, we joke about how, you know, football is, is a weekly soap opera. Um, it's not more true this year, right? It's going to be weekly, weekly seasons, I think, for these teams, depending on, you know, who they're able to put out there and, and what players are available to them. The chances of you watching any of the Tour Championship today, the race for the FedEx Cup, $15 million, with Dustin Johnson having a five-shot lead entering today. I will not be watching any of that. Okay. that that That's your golf update for you. Um, let's, let's turn to the NBA for a second. You look at what happened in Game 3, and suddenly... This is a a series where the defending champions were up against, um, you know, being behind the eight ball. And they have a situation where Kyle Lowry throws the pass of the year and maybe of, of the century to be able to get that shot up over Taco Fall. And now you end up in a situation. Here we go. And they got a lot on their plate today, and they have a lot that they can play for today and try to get this thing even and try to get this thing more in their in, in, in their favor going forward. Um, from a Boston perspective, how worried are they about the Celtics against Toronto? I think if you're the Celtics, you got to be kicking yourself. Um, you know, first two games, you know, first game they dominated. The second game they needed a furious comeback. It looked like they maybe had Toronto on the ropes. Third game, playing with them the entire game. Um, take that lead with .5 seconds left. You think that's enough to, to win the game. That pass, the shot, everything had to go right for the Raptors, and it did. Um, and then they, they had a great performance in game four. The Celtics just weren't able to, to have, the, you know, have their three-point shooting um, where they needed it to be to stay in that game. I think if you're the Celtics, you look at this as, you know, if we lose today, we're really screwed. Uh, I just don't know. You know, both teams, this, this series has been a roller coaster for momentum. And the Raptors, you know, I look at this and I, I think that the Celtics had a better team. You know, from every, from a player perspective, they have better players. Tatum, when he wants to take over a game, is taking over the game. Jalen Brown did not have a great game on, um, what day is it today? It's Saturday. Um, and uh, Kemba Walker hasn't really put in that performance that they expect from him. I think, though, that the Raptors are fighting two things, too, in this series. They're fighting fatigue from being in the bubble. They've been there the longest out of any team that's been there um, because of the restrictions of the travel. Um, you know, And it looked like they were maybe starting to feel that the first two games of the series. Um, but you have to wonder how much Toronto emotionally has left in their 
in their tank given everything that they've gone through in this series and being down there for almost now, now 10 weeks. So it's going to be an interesting game. You know, game fives are always swing games in seven-game series. You know, obviously for the Celtics, if you win today, you have two games to close them out. Raptors, I think if the Raptors win today, they might seal it in six. So it's going to be a, a fun game to watch and a fun series. Both teams are, are evenly matched. Uh, both teams have some great players. I think if you're the Celtics, you've got to make sure that today your, your shots are falling, you're taking the ball to the rim, and that you're not allowing um, you know, Toronto to dictate the pace of the game because you know Boston does like to get out in transition, and, and Toronto's transition defense isn't the, the best in the league. I am with you on that. It's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out. Um, just in the last 20 seconds that I have you, did did you see this thing uh, that came out last night about Jadavian Clowney and, and that the NFL stopped the trade that would have landed him with the um, Saints? I did see the report. I didn't really dive too much into it. He's been kind of a, a, a saga this offseason with him. Um, but I thought, I thought I saw he was signed by the Saints and not signed by the Saints. Then he went to Tennessee. So I didn't really see too much about the sign trade or, or you know who was involved with that. It's, it's interesting what this is. Clowney would have signed... The, the idea was for another team... So let's just say the Giants here, just just for the sake of the conversation. The Giants sign Clowney, pay his signing bonus, and then trade him and his remaining salary to the Saints in exchange for a draft pick. The other team, so let's just say the Giants, would, would have been essentially buying a draft pick, which the NFL has never allowed, and they stopped that trade in their tracks from actually happening. Makes sense. I mean, that's kind of a, a really you know dirt ball move to make if you're the Saints to try to put another team in that position. Yes, it's it's, it's an interesting one for sure that'll go down in the record books. Um, sign and trades do not happen that way in the NFL, so would have been history making indeed, but will not happen um, this year. But we'll see if maybe under the new CBA they make an adjustment. For that rule, is there anything else, Mr. Flecka, you would like to point out here on Teeing It Up? No, it's going to be an interesting week. We'll probably chat this weekend uh, to, to recap some things that happened this week. But, you know, my fingers are crossed that things go over smoothly. Me too. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if these teams and these expanded rosters can stop COVID outbreaks, both in college and the NFL. It's a lot of self-discipline needed, and we'll see if it can happen over a long period of time. Danny Flecker, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, my man. Have a great day. You got it, and enjoy your Labor Day weekend, everybody. Take care.